0: Talk to me nice. Talk to me nice. Talk to me nice. No, I'm gon' ball, yeah. No way I could fall, yeah. They predict the next fall, yeah. Look at them like, all, oh, yeah. Talk to me. Talk to me nice. Talk to me nice. Talk to me nice. Talk to me nice. Talk to me at all, yeah. On way one car, yeah. Count it up and it's all Yep, what's bad. going on? We are back in the break room. Episode sixteen, me, Charles Carter, third. What's going on? I missed you all, man. We had a lot going on. Um, but first things we got going on with the show, we got some NFL then going to some NBA playoff talk, and then we got a few other things that might interest you later on in the show. So just kind of stay tuned and be ready for that. Then who's hot who's not. You know the breakup, the breakdown, and how it usually goes. So first thing we're kind of going to get into is Deshaun Watson. The news kind of broke today, uh, the day of, what, June 9th, Wednesday, June 9th. Uh, Deshaun Watson um, – what well, happened on Akeem, Akeem Tlaib's podcast and his friend Deshaun Watson's friend Kareem Jackson, a former Houston Texan we all know him now, current safety for the Denver Broncos? He went into saying that Deshaun. Well, I'll have the audio for you. I honestly think y'all gonna have Deshaun soon. Yeah, I got a, I got a great relationship with Deshaun. I've been talking to him the last couple of weeks, man, and and like all he's been all he's been telling me is like, look, Jack, just tell him like. Come that's where I want to be like he like. That's why I want to be. I'm like man. You see the setup, the line straight. He see the setup. He he like man. Listen, that's why I, he like. I want to be in Denver. I want. He's like and and like during the time where I was going through, you know, my little free agency thing, and I end up signing back here before i signed he called he was like man are you gonna sign i was like i don't know i ain't sure yet He was like well you know let me know what you're gonna do whatever whatever and i signed back he's like listen man tell him that i i want to be in denver so i'm like Shh, hey man hey y'all hear it man you know what Sean would be y'all hear it. <laughs> y'all hear it, we catching fame baby but he's been in close contact with deshaun watson and they've talked over many things and a over the past few weeks and Deshaun Watson has come out and said that he wants to be a Denver Bronco. Denver is what he wants to be and he wants to play for the Broncos, et cetera, et cetera, right? The first thing that kind of came to mind when I heard all these things was I wasn't exactly sure, you know, one, one the, the, the validity of it. I wasn't sure how true it was. Um, I know Kareem had no, has no reason to lie because You know, if that's your friend, you know, you wouldn't put out false information like that. I mean, it wouldn't really set fire to any side. Like, it wouldn't really help anybody. It wouldn't help the Texans. It wouldn't put pressure on them either. It wouldn't put pressure on the Broncos. Because what I'm thinking is just uh, – if I was a fly on the wall, if I was just to be there uh, in the Broncos organization building, I would think that unless I was certain I could even obtain Deshaun Watson, I wouldn't put any – Disbelief or uh, any kind of pressure upon my current quarterback, which is Drew Locke for the Denver Broncos. You know, it can kind of rock the boat a little bit. And so, unless you were absolutely certain you could obtain them, and so the Broncos already knew that they would be a uh, they were a preferred landing spot. So that like that information never changed. That that's nothing they gained from uh, hit the phone call or not. So they already knew those things, and so. With this being said, it's kind of like, well, what to do about nothing? Because although Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause, so he has to sign off, those of you who don't know what that means, he has to sign off whatever team uh, the Texans decide to trade him to if they decide to trade him at all. So, that's this is where it kind of gets a little tricky, right? No matter what Deshaun wants, it's a, it's a two-party thing. It has to, you say, two people have to agree. Not only two, but three, well... Two teams and a player, so everybody has to be on the same page. The likelihood of that happening is is the real question. It's the real tricky part. The Broncos are a great team. I will play for them. You know what I mean? They have a they're in a great situation. They have a great defense. uh They have a good offensive line. You have a good running back and Melvin Gordon, and so they're set up perfectly. If you have a major QB like Deshaun Watson come in and perform like he did last season, that's a Super Bowl contender. That's a real contender for something. So so what we're missing now is how is the how. How it would it would even happen. What could the Broncos really offer up that would suit the Texans? Because if it's Deshaun Watson, you need picks on picks on picks on picks. All first round. Yeah that brother's starving. <laughs> He's 25-year-old quarterback. You know, some will argue he's just entering his prime. Others will argue he's not even in his prime yet, and he's performing like this. MVP caliber kind of player, you know? So what could they even offer that would satisfy them enough to where it wouldn't destroy the, t- the Broncos as is before Deshaun Watson even gets there? That's the tricky part. We we, we don't necessarily know what it, what what the trade would even look like. Of course, they would give up Drew Lock, obviously, but they're not missing him anyway. So the, the takes would probably require more than that. Probably some real defensive pieces. Now you know they're not going to give up Von Miller, obviously. Uh, <laughs> that'd be crazy if they did. But we, you know what, I go into live say you know look, we've seen crazier things in the NFL, namely in Houston, <coughs> DeAndre Hopkins. But anywho, but Going along with that. We don't know what it would look like, nor do we know if know if it would even happen. With that benefit, the Texans no never losing a player like Deshaun Wise can never do anything. It wouldn't can never do anything good. It wouldn't it wouldn't not help them at all. Uh, the picks they would acquire would set them up for the future, hopefully. And hopefully they're smart by them. Hopefully uh, they're <laughs> they do well with the picks that they would obtain, and whatever players, if they even move for, to obtain players. But it it would never be in a situation, it would never be the type of deal that would be in the direction of a win now type of thing. It would more so be setting themselves up for the future, I believe. And speaking of the future, the AFC South is getting a lot more, (laughs) it's getting tough about the day, (laughs) almost literally. You have Carson Wentz, who went to the Colts, has a great offensive line, and protected Phillip Rivers, who was in a completely immo- immobile quarterback. And now they have Carson Wentz, who got some wheels. And I don't believe it's done yet. We have I don't think we've seen the best of Carson Wentz yet, even when he almost had that MVP season before he got injured. And you don't know what Trevor Lawrence is going to do with the Jacksonville Jaguars, nor with the Urban, Urban Meyer. But – the thing I would say about that is a lot of people aren't even worried about Jacksonville because, you know, it's a rookie quarterback, uh, a mud team, dumpster juice, and you have a new head coach. A college coach coming up from, uh, well, a, someone coming up from college moved him to the NFL. The thing I would say about that is even though, well, if you are to believe in anybody coming up from college, it's probably Urban Meyer. You can probably count his losses on your hand. Also, with rookie QBs, Great rookie QBs who we expect to, you know, usually potentially do something, always have great first seasons. Usually, most of the time, they because they can run. Usually, running quarterbacks have an awesome first season. We saw Cam Newton, RG three, um, Lamar Jackson, most recently, and so we know that Trevor Lawrence is uh, a prime time quarterback, one that we, um, the people in the league and coaches, players. Watchers, fans alike have all been waiting to come out of college and go into the NFL. We know he can run. We know he can pass. He was the number one overall pick in this uh, this year's draft. And so all I'm saying about that is if he lives up to what he was hyped up to be, even just a little, the first year is probably he's going to have explosive stats because the league doesn't know what to expect from him. And so if he does everything he's predicted to do, now I know what you're thinking, rarely does that ever happen. But sometimes if they even come close to that, which does happen a lot, if it comes close to that, I believe the Jaguars will be something, something serious. They'll definitely be better than the Texans. So, and moving on with that. Then you have then you have the Tennessee Titans who just acquired Julio Jones. Now, what does that even mean for the what does that even mean for the AFC South? Okay, it means that the best running team in the AFC South, uh, top <laughs> top-five running team, if not the best running <laughs> running team in the NFL, just acquired a top-five wide receiver in the NFL with an ascending quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. T- Ryan Tannehill was such a mid-tier quarterback that we almost thought, well, backstory for those who didn't know, Ryan Tannehill used to play receiver in college at A&M, got moved into playing quarterback and just happened to be good enough to Then he went to the NFL for it. Some believe, some quarterback gurus, you know, it takes time to learn a position you've never played before. <laughs> and look, maybe going with that logic, you know, maybe Ron Tanner has just has such transcendent talent that he can kind of be an average quarterback in the NFL with, uh, without even tapping into his full potential and then become an above average, almost great quarterback, given some time and given the right situation with the Titans. So now you have Derrick Henry running the ball, you have a great offensive line. You have A.J. Brown, and now you have Julio Jones. In a almost depleted AFC South division, everybody's rebuilding except for the Colts. Just about the other two teams, the Jaguars and the Texans, are rebuilding. They're not a threat. They're not a serious threat. They're not at the level that they are, that the Titans and the Colts are at. And so you have these two <laughs> Uh, See, I almost had a joke. I was about to call them these two Titans, but I wish I had a sound effect for that. But uh, whatever. So you have the Titans who have now, like I said, they have now acquired the top five wide receiver. And then you have um, a new ascending receiver. Uh, who going to his sophomore season? Who are going to meet? And AJ Brown, he had in a uh, he. I remember he he DM'd Julio Jones trying to get uh, recruit him to the Titans and saying that he was such an influence on him. And if he came to the Titans, he wouldn't give up number eleven. That saying that Julio Jones uh, paved the way for guys like him, and he was so appreciative of him just uh, being just appreciative of his talent in his game. So it's almost as if you have for the Houston fans. It's like this. It's like putting Andre Johnson in his prime with an ascending DeAndre Hopkins. Julio Jones had a down year this past year. Injuries. But the year before that, and the year before that, and the year before that, he was a thousand yard receiver. Is he done? No, I do not believe so. And now you have a legit running game with another legit receiver on the other side. Muhammad Sanu, even though he was a great receiver, he was, well, I wouldn't say great, he was a good receiver when he was paired with Julio Jones. But he didn't even have half the yards he had. He was a good momentary momentary receiver when um, Julio Jones wasn't open. He was described as an excellent talent, but didn't necessarily have the numbers to match that. So, moving forward, the AFC South is just, <laughs> it's getting weird. It's getting weird. You can't say it's necessarily scary just yet because I don't think anybody really just fears any teams in there besides the Titans and possibly the Colts. It on what Carson Wentz does. Some people think Carson Wentz is done. Uh, but if he's not, then, then that would be a problem. So besides the Colts, besides the Titans, and a dark horse in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, don't know what they're cooking up, but who knows? You know, you can any given Sunday— days this house is getting really weird it's getting really weird a lot of new faces at quarterbacks at quarterback has position to make kind of rock the boat a little bit speaking of new faces at quarterback played us um uh, have the sound clip on here 100 percent. um obviously this is a time where you know i'm getting a lot of extremely valuable reps that you know i might not have been getting in a normal circumstance so uh you know i'm just i'm you know gonna take it day by day and uh you know uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I'm here for. I'm. A, I was drafted here to play quarterback, so uh, I'll definitely be ready week one. But Jordan Love's comments on, and I want to say it was about Aaron Rodgers, but it was about Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers didn't show up to voluntary OTAs. He didn't show up to uh, camp. So, as we all know, Jordan Love's his backup. He was drafted uh, the year before, and so. Jordan Love is currently the quarterback. You know, Aaron Rodgers isn't, hasn't been present. And so Jordan Love is the quarterback. And so his comments basically went like, I was drafted to the team to play quarterback. I'm 100% ready to go. I'm ready to go week one. Did that seem a little spicy to you? Because it did to me just a little bit. You know, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think I'm missing anything. But it, it kind of came across a little sideways. Just a little bit, you know. Kind of like, uh, hey, I know who y'all wanted, who you want to see. I know who used to be the guy. I'm the guy now. You know, like you know, it's it's kind of it was kind of weird. It was I don't know if I don't like I'm ne- I'm not in the quarterback room. I don't know Aaron Rodgers' relationship with Jordan Love. Um, nor can I speak on Aaron Rodgers as a person. I don't know him personally. But seeing some people's reaction to him and how some people interact with him, some of his teammates, uh, might I add, he did not come across as the nicest guy. He doesn't really seem that way, you know. I'm not. I'm not saying he's a bad teammate or a bad guy, but, but by some of the reaction that some people have uh, shown, and also by Joanne Love's comments, it's like, yeah, we're ready to move on. It's time for some, time for some new bloods get in here. So, hey, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers already spoken to the uh, Green Bay Packers about him, you know, demanding a trade or anything like that, but it's looking like, hey this past year's mvp might be heading somewhere else which would really which could really add some could really throw a twist out there in the offseason this com- uh in this current offseason but um, moving forward we're going to move into a break and we'll be right back when you are in the break room check us out on our instagram at thebreakroom.podcast and check us out on on twitter on the breakroom podcast hou follow us hit us up hey and we'll see you in a few minutes You get the bag and fun, right. I get the Okay, all right, and you and are back in the break room. The lock, so the first thing you're gonna into, we're going to get into, we're going to get into some NBA playoffs. Put got- the NBA playoff <laughs> break, uh, bracket, <laughs> breakdown, whatever might have you, right? We're just going to get into the playoffs. First thing, that's all I'm going to say. Okay, so look, currently we got, four, you know, four of them, right? You got the Utah Jazz versus the L.A., and you got Denver versus Phoenix, and you got the Sixers versus Atlanta, and you got the Bucks versus Brooklyn. Okay, so first thing about the first game I'm going to... The Jazz versus the Lake, I mean, ooh, Clippers. I'm going to get crucified by some L.A. fans. Uh, (laughs) uh, The Clippers. So, what I think about this series is that, uh, one, I do predict uh, the Jazz to win, and I'm really predicting six, uh, the Jazz to win in six. Only reason because is they have a lot more than what Dallas had. I almost picked Dallas to really to win that one because I don't believe in the Clippers anymore. Granted, I know the bubble last year is the kind of makeshift playoffs. Uh, not saying it didn't count for anything, but it was just a different thing. It's a different animal. You have guys, you know, they're isolated in this one place. They can't go anywhere. can't do anything. You know, it's it was just a weird time. But during that those games, PG didn't show up. They were just kind of a... They almost looked regular. You know, I remember when the team first was formed, and you had Kawhi got moved to the Clippers, and then Paul George got moved there too. It was it was crazy. I thought they were going to be, I thought that team was going to be insane. You had uh, Patrick, you had Patrick Beverly, uh, at the guard, who's a um not locked down, but he's a fearless defender. And so I was thinking, okay, this is going these are going to be the guys. You know, they the Clippers are no longer going to be the stepchild of L.A. And so, but they haven't lived up to it anything, like anything, any, any kind of aspirations that any Clippers fan, which I don't really know too many, uh, <laughs> I don't know too many L.A. Clippers fans, but, uh, you know, um for those that, that do exist, they haven't lived up to any expectations. Like Golden State didn't make the playoffs, but they almost surpassed expectations, you know, and so on, the only reason I bring that up is you have, Steph Curry, who ended up being a MVP candidate, right? And an unfortunate ending to their season, they didn't make the playoffs. They lost to the Lakers, and they ended up losing to the Grizzlies. And so, now you have, and but most of their team was injured. James Bosman was out. We all know about Clay Thompson. And so, with the Clippers, now, granted, these guys haven't had a lot of time together during the season because of COVID regulations and things like that, and also injuries, but now they're here and they're here, healthy and present, but they're just not playing well. They're not winning. They barely scraped by Dallas, and nobody could guard Luca. Not a soul. And so the fact that nobody really stepped up to do it either—like, why wasn't it? Almost, you know, if I was the coach, I would have had. Kawhi would have had to be my the. Kawhi, your job is to guard Luca. I don't care. Don't switch off of him. Don't move. Any I, if if somebody else is going for a layup, let them have it. Let the other, let the rest of the team cover that. You guard Luca exclusively. Some of you are thinking like, oh well, you know why not? Um, uh, why not? Paul? I don't. Porzingis wasn't even playing well, so you know, in the beginning of the season, I would have had Paul George kind of help out uh, with Porzingis you know, whenever he went to the perimeter, you know. But Paul George isn't even. Paul George is not a top twenty-five player anymore. Finally, he's not. And if you think he is, go look at the numbers. It's too many young guys that have ascended now to even put Paul George up there anymore. I'm not saying he's not good. He is. He's still. he's still. But he's pandemic P now, along with Porzingis. You know, um, I don't really like him. I, I don't really like too much of his takes all that much. But you know, if some of you uh, listened to what was it, undisputed with uh, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, you know he's he plays like George Paul and not Paul George. He plays like a guy you met at the the rental car place named George Paul versus what you know him to be, and that's Paul George, the one uh who's supposed to be an excellent defender, a good shooter. I don't know. It's it he's I feel like he's lost that he's lost that edge. And really, that's the reason I feel like one well, Utah won't win or Utah will win, and the Clippers won't. It took Kawhi to go on a superhuman run just to get away from the just get away get out of Dallas. Move forward with Denver and Phoenix. Um, I couldn't really make up my mind on this one. I know who I want to win. I want Phoenix to win, and I'm not a Phoenix fan. Uh, I'm more so a Chris Paul fan. I would ra- rather have Chris Paul uh, get him a ring. I don't want him to be uh, like a Charles Barkley, you know, great player with no ring. So, and it it looks like the only problem with Phoenix moving forward is that they're a young team. And I guess what, I don't blame them for doing this, but they rely so heavily on Chris Paul's leadership and his, uh, what's the, I'm going to make up a word here, his floor leadership and floor generalness, you know, just being a captain on the floor, that when he's not there, they can move, uh, they can kind of flail around in confusion sometimes. I wish it wasn't that way, but I feel like that could potentially be the downfall you have De- Devin Booker, who's just, we all known he was the, he was a talent, a shooting talent, but I'm, I'm glad he's finally being able to be recognized as that on the playoff platform. And then we know with Denver, you just had Nicole Yoges just won MVP. Shout out to him. Congratulations. It was well earned. Um, we also just had a, a, people's, Tw- a people's Twitter poll. Uh, we'll be doing a lot more of those. Go vote on them whenever, whenever you see them on the break room, HOU on Twitter. And – we had a poll up that said, who would you rather build your team around? And that was, I, we had three choices, I believe. And I remember it was uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. That was the first choice, I believe. And second choice was Anthony Davis. The third choice was, was Nikola Jokic. And the breakdown of that Twitter poll, okay, it went 58% voted for Nikola Jokic. And 221%, 21% voted for Giannis, and the other 21% voted for Anthony Davis. Kind of makes sense now, right? Because, you know, he ended up winning the MVP anyway. Like I said, I don't believe, I, I really haven't made up my mind on that series. But the only way I see uh, Phoenix keeps pulling, uh, that Phoenix will keep ahead in this series because they're up 1-0 now. But the only way I see them, uh, them winning is just shooting. Threes are worth more than twos. I mean, it's really just a simple numbers game. Denver, not saying Denver can't keep pace, because they definitely can because they beat Portland. But the problem with them beating Portland is that Portland is a horrible, horrible defensive team. They have no defense. All the scoring output in the world in Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and contributions from Carmelo Anthony. But they are a horrible defensive team. They couldn't stop a park car. And so when you're going to get such a lack of defensive presence in a team like the Trailblazers to go against Phoenix, it's... It's a little concerning. Like I said, they, they can keep uh keep pace with um with their offense, but they're not going to rain threes like the Phoenix Suns. It's moving forward. So, eh, I guess in the middle of the show, I guess I kind of already did make a prediction. If I were to lean one way, I think the Western Conference Finals look like, mm, I would say the Jazz and Phoenix. I, could go, I can go with that. The Jazz and Phoenix Suns, they'll probably be in your Western Conference Finals this year. Oh, and adding to that point, um <laughs> I remember I was reading a whole bunch of comments after the Phoenix after the Phoenix beat the uh the Lakers. Um a side note on LeBron is that uh, a lot of people believe that, you know, LeBron's probably retire, he's getting old and this is that and the other. And uh, you know, that he should probably just go and hang it up. Now, this LeBron and I guess the reason I bring this up is because it kinda came out today that LeBron would be switching to number six for this upcoming season. And so the thing on LeBron is that we are saying, we have seen these past um, three years, a different LeBron than we've ever seen before. The first year he got to the Lakers, they didn't make the playoffs. LeBron had a groin injury. I think he, I think he missed 17 games and they missed the playoffs. The second year he was an MVP candidate and they won the, the, the championship. They won a chip. This third year, they had, I'm going to give you some context, they had the least amount of off time, I think it was 72 days, before the season started right back up. And so we've dealt, this entire season, we kind of dealt with an, well, LeBron with an ankle injury, who still went out there and performed like like a slightly above average player. And that's that's the crazy part. He's still performing better than average. And people are almost kind of pushing him out the door, which is LeBron has given us so much of, of a performance through, throughout his career that he deserves the benefit of the doubt, whatever he does. With any team he goes to, LeBron usually takes care of himself. He's usually never injured. And if he is, he still plays better than average. He's still a reason why you can win now? If you're gonna make the uh, ma- if we're gonna make the case that <laughs> maybe we should shorten his minutes, we should definitely shorten his minutes. He's 36 years old. There is no reason to where um, LeBron being 36 is averaging more minutes than Anthony Davis. I know uh, a lot of Lakers haters was loving them, probably loving that right now. But moving on to the uh, to the other series, you got the Sixers and you got Atlanta. That series is tied at 1 1. Joel Embiid is un- unstoppable. The best center in the league. Offense, defense, I want to go. I know um, Rudy Gobert just won defense split of the year, but he doesn't have the scoring output like Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is going to be the reason. If Philly wins, Joel Embiid is going to be the reason they win. <laughs> I know, and people are going to hate this. Now, if they lose, Ben Simmons is going to be the reason they lose. What do you mean by that? Why is that? Ben Simmons has no shot. We all thought Ben Simmons was going to be the next LeBron. But then we found out he couldn't shoot. Granted, LeBron wasn't the best shooter when he he came out of high school, but he at least had an okay mid-range. He knew when to take threes. Ben Simmons doesn't do that at all. The best thing that Philly has done, they recognize what Ben Simmons is not, and that is not a shooter or an outside threat or even a mid-range threat. The best thing that they did was pick up Seth Curry to kind of supplement that, right? But Ben Simmons being who he is, he's a 16 guard. He's your point guard. And him only being able to drive, make layups and things like that, is probably going to clog up the paint with Joel Embiid being that's his main game anyway. Also in that series, three, are worth more than twos. Trey Young is the one lighted up. Now, I think for popular belief I think most people who've been watching basketball and kind of paying attention the east is almost a rap just about it's almost a rap you know you give all teams a you know a, a fighting chance you know you give them all one but it's a, it's a rap for the most part man we the other series is Milwaukee and the Nets Nets leading 2-0 and I thought that was going to be the be- I thought that was going to be our championship I thought that was going to be the best series even between uh the eastern you know the 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 finals. I thought that was gonna be the best series, but the the Nets are doing it without James Harden. Their facilitator, like <laughs> KD, is unstoppable, and they have PJ Tucker playing defense on him. PJ Tucker plays, um, uh, plays nose to your armpit kind of defense. He is, he's he's all over. He's playing Hall of Fame two K kind of defense, but. KD can still drop 35 anytime he wants. He can drive. He can shoot. You got Kyrie lighting it up. They kind of just having their way. And Blake Griffin with all these hustle plays, man. The Nets output of offense is unmatched And without James Harden. That's the thing. If James Harden comes back from uh, this injury, and I believe he will, um, if the series keeps going the way it is, if the well, if Bucks come away with at least, at least one win, then I'm not sure. I think he might come back. But if they – if if it keeps trending in the way of a sweep, then they'll definitely wait till the um, yeah the uh, the semifinals, the conference finals, to bring them back in. But it's it's almost a wrap. The Nets are probably definitely going to come out the East. Therefore, the East is probably going to win the finals this year. So there's nobody in the West that can keep up, uh, that can do what they do. Well, that can do what they do offensively and defensively. Now the Nets don't play a lot of defense, but they can do it when they need to. They can make it happen when they need to. Nobody really has the firepower to keep up with them offensively. So there kind of hasn't been too much of a need to keep up, uh, to put the pressure on on defense. Making shots is better than not making shots. And with that comes a few benefits by you not having to guard too, too many people since they can't make shots. But I think lastly, to kind of lastly to kind of end off our NBA playoff talk, um, I guess I'll give you my prediction. Here's Charles Charles Quarters' prediction, right? I believe you'll have. The Nets in the finals, and coming out of the West, you have the Jazz, right? Oh, oh, the Jazz, y- yeah, you'll have the Jazz. Will they win? No, I doubt it. But I think you see the Jazz and the Nets in the finals. Hey, falls on the break room, Hou comment, say, hey man, Charles, that is ridiculous. That is crazy. I d- 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 the Jazz, nobody goes for the Jazz, or uh, hey man, Charles, you know, I'm not gonna say it out loud, but I kind of do agree with you that you know, I think the, the Jazz will get there too. Donovan Mitchell is tearing it up right now. You know, Pete's really slept on, you know. So, hey, if you go to that page, you can find me. You can even find my personal page. You can DM me there, too. I host a few host sessions or whatever. Those, those Twitter is changing nowadays. You can do, like, little group talk sessions or whatever and have people talk and whatever. So, yeah, I'll probably put on one of those and, say, hey, you can holler at me. Or you can go on Instagram and at uh, the.breakroom.podcast and DM that page. Lastly, on the NBA. Here's some news for the Rockets. I know I said closing (laughs) with the uh, finals, but I'm going to push forward. We're going to go into the Rockets. So, John Wall. Knicks on the chopping block. Probably looking to move on from John Wall, right? And so, the Knicks are saying they're definitely interested. Am I sure why? I don't know. Why would they want to take on that contract? But, hey, hey, I'm not going to argue with it. You know, we see things all the time like this. (laughs) Crazy things. But something, you know, I wanted to kind of mention. Kimball Walker, and the Celtics are looking the part ways. Hmm. Now this is coming later, but the Celtics' their problem is they played they paid max money for a third option, Kimber Walker. When Kemba Walker was coming out of the college, we all thought he was going to be the goat. We all thought it, but he's not. He's a third option. But after Jason Tatum first, Jalen Brown second, and then you have Kimber Walker, still a good player. But you don't pay max money for third options. Max money goes to first options. Second options depending on who they are. You know, if you're somebody like a Clay Thompson or an AD, you know, then you pay max money. Not Kimber Walkers. Not the Kimber Walkers of the NBA, you know. So I would propose this. If you just had to get rid of John Wall, which I, I don't see too many people moving him around, well, looking to come to him with a anything desirable really anything we've already recovered picks there isn't any there isn't too much that you can really get for him one john wall missed a lot of games because of injury which i predict that he's an injury prone guy he did a lot of he did he had a lot of hustle this season though for a team that wasn't going anywhere so i'll give john wall credit john wall is a fighter no gang affiliation (laughs) he is a guy who he's a stable guy stable player who will come in and buy into whatever program you have, and he'll he'll perform. Is he gonna give you thirty five a game? No, he's gonna give you twenty five a game. No, not really. But he is a he's a veteran player who can lead your young players. Now, given that, here's what I propose: If I'm Rafael Stone, I pick up the phone and I call the Celtics and I say, "Hey." John Wall, no gang affiliation, maybe gang affiliated, but who who cares? You know, hey, who cares? For Kemba Walker, what you think? Now, you don't necessarily know what the Celtics are looking for. The things I mentioned can definitely help. When you acquire John Wall, you're not looking for a third scoring option. He can be that, but he's not looking to dominate the ball. John Wall's going to push for wins, which is what the Celtics need, besides a big man, a legitimate big man, not Tristan Thompson but anywho that's what they need and so the Rockets need a real scoring option Kimball Walker can score the bucket he's just not Jason Tatum and he's not Jalen Brown and their contract line up pretty pretty identical max money guys two years left no reason not to because you're not going to get too much of anything from anybody else where could Kimball Walker go not too many places not for that kind of money where could John Wall go the Knicks what would you take from them if you get Julius Randle the most improved player of the year Huh. Okay, but I doubt. I highly doubt that they would give their most improved player of the year. Wait, Derrick Rose. I doubt that they would. They would give up a. a I think last year he was a six man runner up who ended up being their start starting point guard in the playoffs. I highly doubt that they would move those two guys who were the only guys worth anything for John Wall, a guy who was consistently injured, and a and. Currently, right now, a hustle player. And for an older guy, Kimball Walker is probably the way to go. Identical contracts. You get more of a scoring output. Same age, around the same age, but he's on the court a little bit more than John Wall. No gang affiliation. But for basketball, that'll do it for basketball. We'll be right back. Follow us on the Breakroom, H O U on Twitter, and the.breakroom.podcast on Instagram, man. Holler back at us in a few minutes. Out. What's up, what's up We making money in quarantine, quarantine. Dirt in my stick in my wool clean. clean Is a Blue Benjamins vaccine taxi. Need to bounce back now on taxing. taxi Fuck up the truck, we go taxi What's up, you are taxi. back I'm with me, Charles Carter Hey, we getting ready for the clothes, man So heading into our clothes in You know how we always go First thing we're going to get to is the who's hot Who's hot seat Okay, so for my who's hot, I got two of them I got, well, actually I got three of them I got joy and love Reasons why I said it earlier in the show. Jordan Love has bided his time so carefully. I almost see him as like an evil mastermind, right? I don't know him at all, but hey, we're gonna call him evil. So he has waited all of a year. His predecessor, and I can almost see it in my mind. I bet he was thinking like when when Aaron Rodgers won the MVP, he was thinking, "I'm never gonna get to play," like right? But hey. Aaron Rodgers hasn't showed up to camp. No OTAs. It's looking like his time. He's all in the media saying, hey, you know, hey, I'm 100% ready to go for day one, week one. Didn't even say day one. He said week one. So, hey, shout out to Jordan Love, man, for waiting this time, buying this time. But I don't want to say, you know, frying Aaron Rodgers, but lightly grilling him just a little bit. You know, easy over, little red in the middle. I forgot. I don't even really eat steak. I don't forgot what it's called. What is it called? Medium rare. Got it. There we go. Medium rare. <laughs> Finally! Next, Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, he just got Julio Jones. Not even a super high like, passing team, but you know, with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, you don't even know what the team could be. So he's hot right now because the team is a, could possibly transform. And he could ascend into an entirely different quarterback, who we've never known him to really even be excited for Ryan Tannehill. And I know he's excited for what what this means for him, and not not just the team, but him as a quarterback, as an ascending quarterback. During my second, was Damian Lillard. Now I don't know if you all seen Damian Lillard's post, but he quoted Nipsey Hussle. Let me see if I can find it real quick. He was saying something about. Uh, he posted a picture after a game. Yep, here he goes. He said, how long should I stay dedicated? How long till the opportunity meets preparation? And as we all know, Damian Lillard, is a pro- he performs. Like, when it- when it's time to ball, he going to ball. The reason I say he's hot is because there isn't any team in the NBA that I could just think of that wouldn't give Traith a house for Damian Lillard. Besides maybe Golden State. Because with Damian Lillard, you automatically get better. Automatically, I, don't, I I almost don't want to say it doesn't even matter what you give up. Damian Little is that is that much of an offensive power. Defense is another story. He's not a super liability on defense, but he is somewhat of an undersized guard for some of the guards he'll, he faces in the West. Next, you got your who's not. For who's not, we got the Boston Celtics. Bring them to the podium in front of the congregation, like Charlamagne to God. Bring the Boston Celtics in front of the congregation. So the reason the Boston Celtics are on the not list is because... The Boston Celtics paid max money for a third, a third option in Kemba Walker, and all the Boston Celtics really need right now is a big man, and they thought they found it in Tristan Thompson. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Boom. That is why they're on the, the not seat. Tristan Thompson is the same guy who said he feels like Cleveland should retire his jersey. Uh, because he gave everything to them, and he didn't even average a double-double. I think he averaged 11 points and, what, eight rebounds? No, no, no. It might have been nine points and eight rebounds in his career with the, Cle- with the Cle- uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Next, next to him on the list. He had three of them, three each. So, you have the Lakers. And you have the Miami Heat. reason the Lakers on the not list is just because they, the, the way they played, they played as if they could turn on, like, they should beat everyone because they're the Lakers. When that's not the case, it's the West. And you saw it on our Twitter poll. I mentioned it earlier that 21% only voted for... Um, Giannis, Kumpo, and Anthony Davis. 58% voted for joking. he won the MVP this year. Makes sense. But just stripping, stripping the poll apart and just taking those three players, Anthony Davis has the most complete skill set out of those three. He used to be a guard in college. He grew a foot. There is no reason. I know everybody predicted back when he was with New Orleans. Everybody predicted that Anthony Davis would be an MVP player's time by now. By now, he would have had at least one MVP, but he hasn't. Many times probably due to injury. I was talking to a buddy of mine. He was saying that Anthony Davis is on the ground too much for a big, and that that, that also contributes to his injuries. He's one of those guys, he's a, he's a face-up uh, forward. Face-up means he's, his back isn't to the goal. So. so he's a face-up forward, but he, who doesn't really like to get in the paint. Not saying he's scared of it, but he doesn't like to play the big man role. He hates playing center. He stated that many times. He doesn't like playing center. But he's a big man, surely because of his size. He's a big man that still almost semi-thinks he he's a guard. You know, he, he, he came to the league with a guard's game, but a big man's body. And so, in transition over the course of his career, we've seen him have a mid-range game. He's had a post game, and he's had an outside somewhat. It's not great, but it's there. It's present. But now, you had, in a team with the Lakers, you have... Um, and that's more so the reason why you saw him pick up Andre Drummond because Anthony Davis isn't the post isn't where isn't his game. It's not where he likes to be. So you have an old school kind of player like Andre Drummond. You have an older LeBron who's moved outside and he has improved his shot, so he can play outside. So he doesn't have to get banged all the time down low. The problem comes in is because Anthony Davis is supposed to be that guy who can transition in between both places like LeBron did, but he can't. Not saying he can't, he doesn't. Can I tell you why? I'm not sure. I think it's just because he doesn't like to be down there. I think it's because somewhat of his mindset, he still has that, a guard's mindset somewhat. Extremely talented, but just kind of refrains from that because eh, it's not his preference. And it kind of plays to the Lakers' downfall sometimes, along with, you know, a lot of their injuries. Miami Heat, last last on our chopping block, the Miami Heat almost swept the playoffs completely last year. They took everybody by surprise. Right, they they went from a group of nobodies like last year. They just thought up was just a group: Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, uh, Bam, and the team. You know, that's who that's where everybody thought the Miami Heat were. This year, they look like they didn't even know what why they were there. They look confused. They played. I, I I encourage everybody to go back and look at that series. If you're just a basketball fan, go back and look at it. They didn't know if they wanted to score outside, score inside, push the court, slow the game down. They had—they were at the mercy of the—they <laughs> were at the uh, squad's mercy. Granted, it was the Bucks, but still, last year's champs. And I guess context is important. I'll give that, I'll give them that part. They did have the least amount of time off. And that team didn't really get to play too much together either because of COVID regulations and things like that and, you know, testing and all these other things, trying to keep the players safe. So we, we can't give them that. But both last year's champs out in the first round, right, hey, also— Another reason they they might be on the uh, they're on the not list. Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. We all know is from California, right? But there were rumor reports. I think a few more rumor reports going around that he could maybe looking to move him to Miami. You know, people are just speculating that it's a high possibility because you know they they can actually make it happen. They have the players and the pieces. And so the reason they're on the not list because of that is many teams have tried to make a trade for Tyler Hero. You know, put him in a package. They want him in a package. The Miami Heat have clearly stated many times, Tyler Hero is untouchable. Now, we'll see how that plays out when Damian Lillard probably hits the market and people try to shop him. We'll see if you get actually even get a call <laughs> from Portland if Tyler Hero is untouchable. That's all who's hot and who's not. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Charles Carter III. Check us out on The Break Room, H-O-U on Twitter, yeah. and the the.breakroom.podcast, or on my personal Twitter, hey, yeah. three.thelast yeah. underscore king. There we go. I just changed it. <laughs> so, uh, hey, hit me up. Hit yeah. the page up. Yeah. Uh, here's the things you want to talk yeah. about. Hey, we can yeah. always get the conversation going. So we'll catch yeah. you guys next time. This has been Episode 16. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next time. Yeah.